Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an April 30th Sunday morning edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer at Blazers Edge, the Associated Press, former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have a wide variety of podcasts covering the NBA, NFL, NFL Draft, which just finished up. Got all the sports that you want covered, and most importantly, uh, your favorite team in all of the sports, except for the Brooklyn Nets. Because no one can listen to uh, a podcast about a hopeless franchise. So I, I, I think that's why. I, I have no idea. You know, I'm, that's above my pay grade at the Locked On Podcast Network. But uh, we do have a lot of NBA podcasts, and you are listening to one of them, Locked On Blazers. So welcome back to the show. Uh, we are posting a little bit less now, having less episodes, because there's less Blazers basketball to talk about, obviously. But we'll still be here uh, for some of the bigger moments in the NBA playoffs. And uh, the second round of the NBA playoffs begins today. Starts about two hours from now in Boston. Wizards, Celtics, the first second round series to start. So uh, we are moving forward here in the NBA playoffs. There is a game seven, though, uh, at around 1230 uh, that'll follow that 10 a.m. Boston Wizards start Game 7 of Jazz Clippers. And the winner of that game will move on to face the Golden State Warriors in the next round. But the second round of the playoffs begins in earnest today uh, on Sunday. So uh, very excited about that. Obviously still some, some Blazers uh, stuff to discuss. Uh that kind of happened over the weekend or since we last podcast in one of them was a uh, kind of a tongue-in-cheek remark uh, I, I, I think it was but also serious uh, because we've seen him do this before uh, from, from CJ McCollum uh, CJ on Thursday I believe it was was uh, waiting for a plane to take off and he started doing a Twitter Q&A and uh, someone asked him you know what player do you want the Blazers to trade for or sign 
uh, and he added he 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 sent the tweet to Paul George. He made sure to tag Paul George in the tweet, uh, and said that he wanted Paul George, uh, which would be um, very interesting and would make the Blazers really good if they could somehow theoretically keep uh, Lillard, McCollum, Nurkic. And have Lillard, McCollum, Norkic, and Paul George. Uh, that is, you're, you know, nobody's guaranteed to get past the Warriors, uh, and and I wouldn't even say that gets the Blazers over the hump, but it would be hard to find uh, a better crew of four players. I think, uh, you know, provided Nurkic continues to be the screen-setting, uh, rolling behemoth that he was. You had Paul George. He instantly becomes your best defender on the perimeter. He can, you know, he will be able to handle the ball, take shots in important moments. Although he, I don't think he's ever hit a game winner in his career. Uh, that was the stat that came out, uh, which was made his comments about how he has to have the ball at the end of the game uh, pretty hilarious. Uh, but on this Blazers team he wouldn't even necessarily be, uh, you know, he, he would be the second option, obviously, but in terms of offense, you know, I, it'd be hard to find a better option than what CJ or Dame can get you. So the pressure would be there that he has to take every shot because he's not playing with CJ miles and Monte Ellis and all those guys. Obviously that would mean that the Blazers would, you know that would that theoretical trade would mean that they have enough guys uh, already on the books that they could send to Indiana to entice Kevin Pritchard, former Blazers GM, who is now in charge over there since Larry Bird stepped down over the weekend, which was uh, another interesting wrinkle into this Paul George uh, scenario because. Paul George is uh, going to be a free agent after next year. And all of the rumors uh, indicate that he wants to go to the Lakers. Uh, he's an L.A. guy and, you know, wants to go home. And is he's tired of Indiana. Uh, and, you know, I can't blame him. You know, the, they, they tried to make some trades. They got Thad Young. They got Jeff Teague. You know, they did a couple of nice things. Obviously, drafty Miles Turner was very good. But then, you know, their big move heading into the offseason or into the postseason was let's get Lance Stevenson again. And and that's, you know, that's not a great uh, proposition, you know. Uh, I, I, no, you know, it's not great. Uh, um I don't know what uh, there would be theoretically for them to trade. Obviously, they have the three first-round picks, which you know you add that to any um, and 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 the 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 unlucky part for Portland is that none of them are lottery picks. None of them are high enough in the draft to be like, okay, well, we can get rid of Paul George and get a guy that can be a star in that uh, you know in that six seven pick range uh so i guess this is one of those times where had portland tanked perhaps uh they would be in a better p 
position to make trades. Uh, however, they, they still do have a, a bundle of picks, and if uh, the Pacers are just looking to start again, you know, you can be like, okay, well, we're going to start, start you again, you know, fresh, you know, you, you get rid of Paul George, who, you know, you get rid of, uh, uh, some money that you have on the books that you, you no longer need. And, uh, I, I, maybe you start over again and just clear the decks and start with a bunch of young guys, build around Miles Turner and, and see where that gets you. Uh, Jeff Teague is a free agent uh, as well, uh, so you know you get him off, you get George off uh, by trading him, and then you no longer have the specter of him going to L.A. Now, that also, you know, switching sides here, switching perspectives, Portland it has already experienced what it's like to have a all-star leave in free agency, and if George is dead set on going to uh, LA and being in that market, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, that would be tough for Portland to take on. But uh, obviously, if you could get Paul George in any scenario where you don't have to give up CJ McCollum or Damian Lillard, I think you take it. Because. Portland's never going to get anybody of Paul George's caliber anyway. So I, I, I think, uh, you know, their window, obviously with Golden State, uh, is not very is not open right now. But uh, if they were able to get Paul George, that makes things way more interesting. And, uh, you know, if something happens where someone on Golden State, there's an injury or something, and some or an injury on the Spurs or something like that, where you know things open up, you know, then you know maybe if Portland with with that group, if Portland just has a chance, where if crazy stuff happens, they've got a shot. The problem is, is that scenario is extremely unlikely, and at the same time. The George threat of leaving may be Portland's best option, maybe Portland's best chance, because they're never going to get, you know, they're probably, I mean, maybe they'll get in the room with Paul George. I don't know if they would even get in the room if he was a free agent, but if they could get into uh, a trade, a bidding war with the Pacers, who judging by just reading the tea leaves about Larry Bird leaving, you know, they say it's not for health reasons, which is phenomenal. Good to hear that. But maybe he just doesn't want to deal with this because he doesn't want to deal with the, the pain and the, the, you know, just how much it's going to suck to get rid of their best player for cents on the dollar, because that's ultimately the position that they've been put in because everybody knows Paul George is going to leave. Everybody knows that he doesn't want to be in Indiana. And so it's, uh, you know, that's going to drive down the cost and that's going to really hurt Indiana's leverage. So what they were, what they would probably be able to ask for in a normal scenario, uh, 
you know, is significantly weakened because uh, of Paul George. And, you know, there are a lot of uh, scenarios where you can negotiate and, and, and get leverage and, and all that stuff. But one of those things where you don't have to negotiate and all the negotiating is done for you uh, is SeatGeek. And the NBA playoffs are still in full swing. The second round is starting today, as I mentioned. And if you want to go check out that action for yourself in uh, an NBA city that is still playing games, I think the best way to buy tickets online for sports and concerts is SeatGeek. And it's always been a confusing process buying concert tickets or sports tickets you know you have the fees you have eight different pages of stuff that you got to go through and all this type of stuff all this hassle but the thing about SeatGeek that makes it great for users is it just makes the entire experience so easy seamless and you get the most bang for your buck and you get the best deals and it's also easier for you to sell tickets as well but my experience with SeatGeek has been phenomenal when I had buddies in town over the holidays uh, we went to that Blazers Raptors game pulled up the SeatGeek app on my phone looked for tickets found one with a great deal score which means you know it's a better value and SeatGeek grades those values from 1 to 100 100 being the best and 1 being the worst and they do all the price comparison for you across multiple ticket sites it's kind of like kayak.com for tickets and they do all that insanely quickly, saving you time and money so you can find the best deals for you to get the most bang for your buck and the best deals that fit your budget. But the best thing about SeatGeek is that my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. And to get that rebate, go download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code and enter promo code LOBLAZERS and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBLAZERS today. Uh, so, uh, and for clarity's sake, George has a player option after next season. So, he could pick that up. I, there's no reason why he would, being as good as he is. It's you know a situation where he should... Uh, for his earning power should get on uh, on the open market sooner and that's what everyone thinks he's going to do uh but getting paul george in a trade is uh you know as good of a chance as you're gonna get to add a star now whether portland has the pieces that would entice the pacers to do it uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, obviously, if you bring in a guy like Paul George, that would not that would mean that there's significantly less playing time for the Harklesses and the Crabs and the Turners of the world. So uh, maybe you can you know convince yourself you package a couple of those wings. You ca- you package you know wings who you know they have their drawbacks. Harkless, probably the most enticing prospect of the group both because of his youth and because of his contract structure. Crab, great shooter, uh, great three-point shooter that any team would want, and I think uh, a team like the Pacers could use uh, just, a, just a little hint of modernity in, in, in their attack on the offensive end. 
uh, just to create a little extra spacing. And I think, you know, a guy like Crab would be a nice fit there. Uh, you know, Portland, with how much salary they have, uh, you know, they may have to, uh, you know, take on some other guys that are on contract uh, for the Pacers if that were to work. But, you know, it, it, it's not going to be, you know, Portland's not going to be able to give up. Um, you know, Evan Turner and Myers Leonard and, and a first rounder for, for Paul George. They're going to have to give up someone who plays on this current team, someone, you know, who plays, who's a bigger part of this team uh, than those two guys were. And both of them, you know, Turner, obviously a bigger part of the team than Myers was, but uh, still, uh, you know, you're going to have to give up guys that help you win games in order to get a guy like Paul George. It's, so, you know, it's going to have to be, Crab or Harkless or Aminu, you know, whichever ones, uh, of the, whichever guys that the Pacers want, maybe you give them, uh, Ed Davis is expiring, uh, which, which could have a lot of value. Also a vet, uh, guy that can come in and be kind of a vet presence, uh, around the locker room who's, who's bounced around the league, has a lot of perspective that would be valuable for young guys if you are starting a rebuild, which is part of what Ed Davis's value was last year. You know, I'm throwing around hypotheticals right now because it's just unfathomable to me that Paul George could be got for pennies on the dollar. Portland, unfortunately, doesn't have, like, another all-star prospect outside of CJ and Dame that they can send to them. But, uh, you know, compared to what other teams have, um, you know, it might be better than some what other teams have to offer uh, for trades. Obviously, you know, because you look at, Say you know, you look at Denver, and their best players that they could probably trade are Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, and those guys are already past their prime. They're already, uh, and, and and they're already. It's already decided that those guys are not going to be stars. Those guys, you know, and, and so you know that's that's a team I I would have looked at. Um, you know, Houston always has the pieces to make something work. They always they always have the flexibility to make something happen. So they are always a potential destination for a Paul George scenario. Uh, but I, I do think that even though, you know, everyone's looking at Portland's cap sheets. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. Uh, oh my gosh. You know, they're totally done. Uh, you know, they, they have some, some options. I don't know, but uh, the, the Paul George trade, uh, however unlikely it would be. And as, as wild as it sounds, um, it is possible because the leverage situation that Indiana is in, and it's possible because the team that would theoretically trade for him would be signing up for the chance that he doesn't come back. And if you're Portland, you have to do it taking the chance and knowing that while taking that chance, he could leave. And he has one more year on his deal only and a player option after that. So, um... big question in the NBA, probably the biggest question in the NBA right now, uh, is, you know, where will Paul George go? And now it's Kevin Pritchard's job to, to figure that out and to listen to calls and to listen to deals. Uh, you know, for all we know, they're probably getting a lot of calls right now. Uh, uh, even though the, the playoffs are still going, uh, and, and another thing, you know, we'll, we'll probably know a little bit more, some some trade ideas, things could come to light more once we see, you know, maybe which teams 
land where they land in the lottery, if there are teams that have needs that Portland could maybe exploit to move up in the draft, uh, all, all things like that, because Portland is going to, you know, they have everything on the table right now uh, in terms of uh, making moves, I think, outside of C.J. Dame and Nurkic. I, I really think that, uh, you know, everything is on the table for Portland, uh, including a Paul George trade, and that's obviously more up to Indiana than it is to the Blazers, and then it's also up to the Blazers to decide you know, how much can you give up? So that's a really interesting negotiation, uh, hypothetical negotiation uh, between the Blazers and an Indiana team that has kind of lost its leverage already with Paul George. Uh, if you recall, uh, there were rumors uh, it, right around the trade deadline about the Pacers maybe wanting to move him. Uh, and, you know, that clearly means that they were looking already at those options because those whispers about George had already started. So uh, interesting scenario to monitor heading into the offseason, especially around the draft when Portland has three first round picks and, uh, you know, players that while they do have long-term contracts are younger and, and, and it can present the uh, appearance of a fresh start uh, for, for a GM. If, if, if the Pacers do indeed, figure out that they have to move Paul George a um, couple other interesting notes uh, since we since we left you uh, Chris Lucia from uh, Blazers Edge did a nice little study using some basketball reference data to uncover that a lot of the Blazers on uh, since the arrival of Yusuf Nurkic enjoyed a higher percentage of their shots as dunks uh when he arrived, uh, then, you know, when, then before, before they, when they had Mason Plumley, excuse me, uh, guys that saw their percentage of dunks jump with Maurice Harkless, he was dunking on 18% of his shots. Uh, he dunked on 31% of them with Nurkic. Noah Vonley dunked, uh, 23% of the time without, uh, Nurkic. He dunked 47% of the time. So, uh, I talked about, uh, the impact that Nurkic had on offense, and 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 that is is really something that can't get lost in this conversation because Portland's defense, yes, it it matters. It is what they were at the beginning of the season was unacceptable. But I don't want to get too caught up in that and lose sight of the fact that. Before we even start thinking about they've got to tighten up their defense, their offense has to be guaranteed one of the best ones in the league. And everyone knows that that's where they have the most talent is on the offensive end. And if they're not making good on that, if they're not a top five offense, whatever they do on the defensive end, uh, you know, it's going to make whatever happens on the offensive end worse. But they have got to do both well and Nurkic helped just as much on the offensive end if not more than he did on the defensive end obviously they made a big leap defensively when he got there but they were already starting to trend up a little bit more in that regard and the problem started to become their offense wasn't scoring nobody was respecting Mason Plumlee as a guy that can score he was hunting assists out there and I think the overall health of the offense just wasn't as good there wasn't like that harmony where 
like I mentioned, it, there's no reason passes that Nurkic would make to Noah Vonley or like the total embodiment of what I mean by the Blazers' offense being more healthy and Nurkic being a better passer, in my opinion, and being more unselfish than Mason Plumlee despite having fewer assist numbers. And that is, you know, just getting guys involved, just having that feeling and uh, of togetherness and a connectivity that comes from just trusting each other. And I think Nurkic came in and immediately trusted guys on the team, and I think that just kind of trickled down and created more high-value opportunities on the offensive end, and I think it uh, it really was a major part of their growth. Their offense was one of the best in the league when, when he was on the team. I think they were top two or something like that. I mean, they were, they were definitely top five uh, on the offensive end, and uh, I'm not looking at the numbers right now, but they were one of the best offenses in the league, and I do know that before the Plumlee trade, I think they were at 13th. So, uh, you know, they really needed that bounce back. And while, you know, I think a lot of the criticism, especially nationally, has rested on, okay, well, you know, how does Nurkic help their defense? You know, three-point percentage, you know, people have studied it. It's kind of random how it fluctuates. Uh, and, and, and that is obviously going to affect your defensive rating and and – there's a lot of that, but you know, you talk to the players, they felt a little bit more of a safety net on the defensive end with Nurkic around. No matter what the numbers say, that's what the players say, and I, I trust them because they're out there. And uh, you know, the other thing is that on offense, they were just so explosive, and they finally had that extra gear. And I, I really think it's hard to discount that because that's really. You know their their defense, I think, was was top ten, but their offense is what took them from, you know, a middling team. Both things, but the offense matters, and I, I just don't want to lose sight of that because, uh, you know, you look at Houston. You know, they they did it all year with a top five offense and an average defense, and I think for this Blazers team, that should be their first goal, and. It is do what you do well, really well on the offensive end, and then just make it work enough on defense. And for a lot of this year, you know, they obviously were really bad on defense, but they weren't doing, they weren't maximizing their talent on the offensive end. And I think Nurkic helped them do that, and I think he will continue to do that uh, when he's healthy. So that's, uh, and and that that dunk number to me really stands out because. When watching the Blazers' offense over the years, the one area of the floor, uh, you know, even during the Aldridge days, that I was like, "Can someone get down there and just score?" It w- was the area around the basket. The Blazers were just not really getting uh, enough of those high-value attempts. Obviously, Lillard can get to the rim, CJ can get to the rim, but they weren't getting a lot of those easy passes, easy dunks that you see from a lot of the best offenses in the league. And, and Portland was doing was was performing really well offensively over these last few years, you know, without a real big presence around there in getting easy baskets. And so uh, the fact that Nurkic's arrival led to more of those easy baskets uh, helps me, you know, believe what I'm seeing uh, a little bit in the numbers. And so, uh, you know, that is uh, something that I think is important and you sh- we shouldn't lose sight of in the in the conversation about this team moving forward is that you know offense is a big deal it matters 
And as much as we want to talk about defense winning championships, it does. But you got to win games to win championships, and offense wins games. And offense in the playoffs wins as well. Uh, obviously, your defense is important as well, but you got to have one or the other too. Uh, you got to be great at one. And uh, you got to start with being great at one first. And I think Portland has the pieces to be great at offense next year now that they have a, a big man who is opening things up for other people other than CJ and Dame. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, I think the, there's some other uh, stories that went down that we wanted to uh, discuss or that uh, may have come across uh, for you. Uh, one of them that affects us uh, in a way uh, was, was the, were the layoffs at, at ESPN. Um, you know, that... Uh, we, we obviously get a lot of our information and news from uh, ESPN and, you know, a couple of the people that were let go by their NBA section, Mark Stein, uh, you know, their great reporter, Scoops guy, who always, you know, had information on trades, free agency, what have you, uh, has been an OG in the game for a long time. Uh, he was let go by ESPN and then Henry Abbott, the founder of True Hoop uh, and their lead NBA editor was also let go. Uh, Henry Abbott is a legend. Uh, I started writing basketball, uh, writing about basketball on the internet, you know, in like 2010, 2011. And, uh, you know, Henry was always looked at as, you know, like the Holy Grail. And when I got to write a, a story for ESPN.com for their True Cities section where they let, you know, people from uh, specific NBA cities kind of tell a perspective from that city uh, about their local team. You know, I was really honored to have a byline next to Henry Abbott and to be edited by Justin Verrier, who was their uh, Pelicans reporter, who was also one of the reporters who was let go. Uh, and it, it just sucks. And, uh, you know, the, the, the business, you know, it, it's brutal. Uh, a lot of people knew that this was going to go down, but uh, it still sucks. It doesn't. It doesn't help anything. You know, it, it doesn't make it any better for for those people that lost their jobs and for the fans who are not going to have. Uh, you know, for those of us who love the NBA, who love quality coverage, and you know, are going to be getting less of it from uh, those really talented people over there. So, you know, uh, shout out to to Mark Stein, Henry Abbott. Uh, Justin Verrier, Ethan Strauss, Calvin Watkins, David Thorpe, uh, you know, so many great uh, ESPN uh, personalities and, and talented people that, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure will land somewhere great and will continue to do the work uh, that they have made themselves known for. However, there, there's as someone who has gone through this in media myself, I can definitely tell you that it, it's not going to get any better uh, for the fans uh, of ESPN and their NBA coverage. They're, they're, it, it's, the coverage is just not going to be better. It's just a fact. So, uh, you know, that sucks. Um, however, you know, we, we really uh, – I, I, I wanted to, you know, just give those guys a shout-out because, you know, they were so important in me even being here right now, having this podcast here for you. Uh, would not have happened, you know, without the influence of of, of, all, of all those guys. And, 
my 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 best wishes to them and uh you know i'm very happy for the website that that hires those guys uh but i will miss true hoop i'll miss uh all that and uh you know just remember how great of a place it was not just for the established writers like stein like abbott but for you know up-and-comers like uh my buddy sean hyken and you know ethan strauss himself and a, 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 a huge number of people that got their start writing uh for the true hoop network or you know if you got linked by true hoop or if you got associated with them in any way you know it was the ticket and um it was a great moment in time and it will never be the same and so uh sorry to go down the uh basketball twitter memory lane but uh you know with all this espn stuff it feels appropriate uh to go down that way because you know that was a time when blogging was still kind of a thing you know espn had all these individual team blogs and they were doing all kinds of weird stuff and 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 just trying different things and doing stuff that wasn't your traditional type of sports writing and also you know letting people you know come into that space that you know maybe had don't have access and don't you know aren't even in an nba city but love the nba and uh i thought that the true hoop network the whole thing was super cool and to have been a small part of it by getting published a couple of times uh for espn.com doing those true cities stories about the blazers uh you know i'll always remember that fondly so uh shout out to esp to the the guys at espn uh that uh, are still there shout out to the guys that uh you know are no longer there uh, i know it was a tough week and i just want to say thanks to uh, all those folks over there who do so much work and make the nba so much fun for all of us so uh i can definitely say that without uh true hoop without stein I, but I'll, definitely without true hoop and and all the guys that kind of sprouted from there uh you know my fandom of basketball uh would not be the same uh so thank you to uh all those folks and i think that's going to end this episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast, we are there. Leave us a five-star review if you'd be so kind. And uh, we'll keep on bringing you content on this Locked On Blazers feed. Uh, we'll keep bringing guests and keep it locked on here on Locked On Blazers. And until next time, enjoy the playoffs and enjoy the second round.